The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey now. Hey gang, what's up? Kevin Goatee here. You know what that means. It's time for another Gutting the Sacred Cow episode. This week we've got Vinnie Potestivo coming on to do Jim Carrey's first serious acting role film. And that of course being The Truman Show. And Jay Black, you remember him, right? From the American Beauty episode. Sitting shotgun with me before we get to it. Do not forget, we would really appreciate if you left us that five-star rating, two or three sentence review on iTunes, on Google, on iHeart, whatever your platform is that would be a big help we also would love 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 if you followed us on instagram at gutting the sacred cow podcast also there on tiktok and you know where we are on twitter it's gtsc podcast uh on twitter and thank you so much for hanging out with us every single day we appreciate it we really do and without that guys let's see if Vinny can try and take down the truman show Hey gang, before we get into the podcast, I want to talk to you about Meet Cute Box. Meet Meet Cute Box is a themed date night box filled with unique items from small businesses around the world. Take a look and see what they sent me. You have a nice candle and it smells like Oasis is the t- is a is a flavor of this candle. They uh, sent uh, Noel or Liam. Uh which one was the less assholey? I think they were both equal assholes in all honesty. Right. And Whichever. honestly, if, you, if they smell like 1995 Oasis, I'm in. 100% I'm in. If there's a reunion tour, sign me up, yeah, right? I'm there. It's going to smell like cigarettes and beef eaters. They also sent, look at this, guys, gourmet gummy bears. I know what you're going to say, gummy bears, can they be gourmet? You bet your ass they can. And these are deliciously tasty. Yeah, they don't also- try to convince your date on a first date. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, these are gourmet gummy bears. So, like, we don't have to do dinner. Like, right. That's for after dinner when you got her back at the house. She thinks they may, may have CBD in it. Guess what? They don't. They're straight up legit gummy bears. So give them to your kids. And what date night would be complete without a couple other items I think are pretty cool? Microwavable corn on the cob. Ah, ah, oh. And adult Mad Libs. Now, all of these boxes are just a mishmash. They ask you a few questions, and they send you the box they think is going to fit. So that's what Meet Cute Box is. Every box is handmade based on your membership profile, so you and your partner have a new surprise every month. I mean, did any of you guys see microwavable corn on the cob coming? I sure as hell didn't. No, no that was actually the only thing I was waiting for. I was like, this, this, I'm not buying this unless there's corn on the cob I can put in a microwave. Right? Move out of the way, over Redenbacher. There's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> yeah. Memberships start at $29.99 with each box valued up to 100 bucks, And there's even gift boxes available if you want to send one to a friend. If you're looking for ways to keep date nights fun and exciting, you can try Meet Cute Box risk-free by visiting meetcutebox.com and use the code podcast for 10 bucks off your first box and go on youtube and check out their commercials so you can really see the different variations we have okay where were we wait can we get a like a prescription medicine version of that because i'm 46 i have a wife 
And uh, if we do a date night, like I'm going to need a bunch of medications to get through it. I'm going to need Wellbutrin so that I'm even keeled. I'm going to need meth just so I can stay awake. So maybe right. like Adderall salts and, you know, maybe a little blue pill for the end. You know, like I'm saying, just just give me that in a box so I can we'll, have a good date night. We'll just throw call it out there. Glaxo Klein Smith. We'll call it Smith Klein. Close enough. We'll call it the Rattler. Throw in, you know, throw yeah. in a throw in an Allegra because all those late season allergy sufferers got a nice swift kick in the balls today. So yeah. throw all that in there and then some and the nice sleeping pill. And that, kids, is how it is done here in the entrepreneurship of America. It's hard to go to third base when you can't breathe. Right? Well, depends on your version of third base. Hey, listen, you know what they should throw in there too? A snorkel. That a way you snorkel. can breathe. Right? Right. <laughs> Meow. We're going on a different road of a new kind of date box. You're the disease. I'm the cure. Jay Black, guest hosting tonight. Name that hey. film. Hey, buddy. Oh, that's a uh, Cobra. That's Marion Cobretti at the beginning when he's in the uh, the uh, supermarket with the first guy, sort of unrelated to the rest of the movie. Uh, the only uh, good part of the movie, if you ask me. You know what? Uh, you're the you're the first guest to come in here and first of all nail it in under three seconds, and then oh, yeah. provide a scene by scene, detailed scene by scene extravaganza of how that quote came to be and i tip my hat to you jay black is the masterful job kevin goatee's here gutting the sacred cow how's it going folks we've got Vinny post i'm gonna fuck it up i should ask you before to start <laughs> Vinny postativo right there's four syllables yeah postativo Potestivo. Shit, I yeah, lived in yeah, North yeah. Jersey for so long. I think the Italian with me would come on out. Joins us today to take down a film a little off the beaten path, but people like this film. And that is 1998's The Truman Show. The one, two, three, third Jim Carrey film we've done in this podcast. Of course, Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber being the first two. A budget in 1998 of $60 million. A box office haul. $264.1 million. That's more than 4X ROI. Now let's turn that into 2022 dollars. A $101.3 million budget. A $446 million gross. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. All that all that for a reality show idea, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I bet I bet uh, Mary Kate, Mary Jane Bunham and the other partner in the real world going, motherfucker, where were we on that one? <laughs> Answer ahead of the curve. IMDB, as we know, fellas, is a scale one through ten with decimal points. Vinny, what do you think that Truman Show scored on the old IMDB? One through ten with decimal points. Well, knowing how sick the audience is that put this film in the place that it is in i'd say above an eight above an eight for sure give me a hard hard number hard number i get 8.8 8.8 i go under that 7.7 boy i love to say the two of you are smack dab in the middle big spoon and little spoon <laughs> 8. 8.2 Ooh, oh, okay yeah right rules i win yeah <laughs> uh, you went over oh no you went over that's right i went over yeah, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, fellas, is a one through 100 percentage base score. Jay Black, what did the critics give the Truman Show? I remember this being mixed. 
Because this is when Jim, yeah, Jim Carrey was like going through his uh, I'm going to be serious now phase. And this was like a transition movie for him. So I'm going to go 72%. Vinny Potestivo, yeah. what do you I think, have? I think, I think somewhere in the 70s, mostly, mostly because at this point, uh, reality TV uh, as a category hadn't even appeared in the Emmy. So it really wasn't something that was acclaimed as an art form yet. And, and this movie certainly snubs well, my entire career became in, in reality TV. I think I think I'm going to go high 70, 70. I'll go 78. Well, the both of you are very wrong. The number is 95, oh. 95. Oh, this was a critic's darling. I remember that well. And I saw this in the theater. Now I go to you, Vinny. What do you think the audience gave The Truman Show? This like utopian version of, of of a reality TV show. What did the audience give him? Uh, 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 yeah, what? Where are we going? Nineties, ninety, ninety on the nose. How about you, Jay Black? Uh, I'll go uh, ninety-seven if the critics go ninety-five. Oh, if we're playing prices right rules, one of you just missed, and that would be you, Vinny. Audience, eighty-nine <laughs> percent, right there on the doorstep. Quotes. Good morning. Good afternoon. And good night. And that's all the quotes I have. And this film is not quotable one bit. <laughs> he, yeah. says it, he says it quite a lot, actually. It's he does. A, <laughs> Vinny, how about yourself? Did, did, yeah, Vinny, any quotes jump out at you? No, uh, no, uh, not a lot of quotes. No, uh, everything about this movie I thought was fantastic in the beginning. I thought this was like uh, a great idea. And uh, by the way, for those who want to know where, where my disdain for this movie comes from, I, I am the guy at MTV in the late 90s that helped usher in reality tv worked with jonathan and and mary ellis uh i was close yeah and bitterman murray to uh do the challenge and ultimately a bunch of scripted unscripted shows the osbournes newlyweds punked punked closest to this let me uh interrupt you what did puck smell like <laughs> Everything. Oh, oh, let me oh, guess. Man. Let me let me guess. Let me I guess. Let me guess. I, I guess I'm gonna guess it's gotta be a bus station bathroom floor. Oh, yeah. just like just like you know, and remember back then you can go out and like you would smell like cigarette smoke, even if you weren't smoking, it just like it reeked through the denim and like yeah. you couldn't you couldn't get it out. No, it was it it makes me itchy thinking about I wanna ask so also ask my my oh, also assumption, of course, would be yeah. Je- Jesse Camp must have smelled like broken dreams and sour milk. Yo, that's so funny. This, this is that is how I started at MTV, um, and I used to be like Jesse Camp's talent coordinator. And like halfway through a meeting, that's a he would, he would pull out a, Yeah, right. I mean, the guy was brilliant. He created this brilliant character that you know. Uh, this was the, if you want to win a be, be a DJ winner, Jesse. Camp. Yeah, want to yep. be a VJ. He and he had the first, he, he had the big hair. Yeah, he had it. this persona that he had created, which was like this big hair, skinny, kind of like dude, totally. Yeah tubular and far out there and- They're like uh paulie shore after a head injury yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think he stole lane staley's look and act without the talent hey, yeah. but you know what uh the mtv audience responded to him tremendously yeah I, I changed the channel all i want to see is yeah. tab- i want to see tab- duff, da- duff tabitha sword and selena altschul thank you that's it those are my ladies that's i like them hey jay yeah. any quote hey, jay any quotes jump out at you no, the the only I don't know if this counts as a quote. Uh, the the naming of uh, uh, what's his name Ed uh, I can't think of his last name the the Kristoff character Ed Harris Ed Harris. Okay, I I knew it was something in there. Uh, the fact that his name is Kristoff 
which I just I just need to say this to writers out there. Uh, maybe not be on the nose so much with your naming schemes. I mean, the only way that this is could have been like more obvious is his name was like God McJesus. Like just Christoph was just a little much. So I don't know if that counts as a quote, but when he's introduced as Christoph, it's hard not like my eyes rolled so hard. I almost uh, popped a blood vessel. So that that's the only one that stands out for me. Would you believe I have notes on that? <laughs> the Christoph? Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to write that for we'll, we'll, a month. We'll get there. Five fun facts. The Trumania bit where Truman draws on the mirror with soap and acts strange was completely improvised by Jim Carrey. In another take, he drew a long curly, he drew long curly hair and a dress. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. And another take, he dresses Venus de Milo and clapped around. No. I just, <laughs> yeah. And in another, in another one, he was he became Andy Kaufman and wouldn't stop. Right, right. It's an interesting fact in a, in a in a in a in a sec in a world that is so separate from everything else. There he was still questioning his own gender, and right. they cut it out in the late nineties. It sounds just about right for movie. Num- number there. two, people on the set were forbidden from uttering phrases from Jim Carrey's past silly in quotes movies. This sounds like a shitty set to work on, doesn't it, fellas? Because if you can't yell action through your ass cheeks, what joy is there in the world? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, bring, I brought up the Andy Kaufman thing because there's that documentary. I don't know if you've seen the documentary about uh, he stayed in character the entire time when he was shooting Man on the Moon. And this is right before Man on the Moon, right? Man right. on the Moon was 90, 2000, 2001, somewhere there. Yep. So this is like just as he's doing that transition. And, you know, I I don't know what it is about comics. Well, actually, I do. I'm a comedian. If I ever got that monumental level of success, I would definitely turn into an insufferable asshole. But the 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 fact that this guy got there based on those catchphrases, you hear this all the time, like with Alan, right, and uh, Jim Carrey and these people that they hit success for being funny and being affable. And the first thing they do when they get success is like, I'm not being funny or affable anymore. Leave me alone. I just don't get it. It's very... It's, just, just let people say, uh, you know, the catchphrases. That's how you got there. It was only five years ago, shithead. Just be okay with it. Right. I mean, at least he did come back to being funny for me, myself, and Irene, and then took a long, long, long vacation from funny. Yeah. You know, he just, he said, I'm I'm just going to do, I'm going to be serious, Jim Carrey. I get you, you know, I guess you only have a shelf life of a couple of years as like a top-notch comedian. I think Will Ferrell kind of proves this. Right. No one was a bigger star than him. And then he kind of disappeared and every attempt to come back has not worked. So maybe you have to transition, but you don't have to transition into an asshole. That's all. Right. PSA. The more, you know, number three, when Gene Siskel and Robert Ebert reviewed the movie and at the movies, they not only gave the film two thumbs up, but they also gave an on on air apology, excuse me, to Jim Carrey for saying that he would never have a career when they panned Ace Ventura. And to that, I say, eat my dick, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, because Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber are fucking hilarious still. 
And a lot of people don't know this. At the end of that review, they uh, French kissed for two songs. <laughs> and they slow dance. Oh, oh. And then the deleted scenes, they slow dance wearing sailor outfits. Oh, wait, that was Philadelphia. I'm Philadelphia, sorry. Philadelphia, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Just just, just got my movies mixed up. That's all. A scene, number four, in the original script depicts a staged rape witnessed by Truman, who doesn't go to help the actress about to be violated and just moves on. When he's gone, the actors and actors actresses return to normal and express uh, how he didn't try to help or even do anything about that or as everyone else calls that an average day in new york city yeah wait was that that's that was shot or that was written uh in the scene in the script so it was written oh it was written okay yes. yeah I, i'm glad that someone in the production crew said mm, not a good idea that. You probably listen, won't get into the movie. Listen, there's only one rape allowed, and that was using the accused. And that's it, guys. We're not good for another <laughs> tw- 25 years. Number five. Now, drop your cocks and grab your socks. This one made me just jump for joy and go, oh, too bad it didn't work out. Do you want to take a guess in who was originally cast as Kristoff but walked off set after his first day? I'll give you a hint. Very uh, Had a renaissance in the mid-'90s. And kind of eh, was up there, big in the seventies, huge in the seventies. Yeah. I'm gonna say Gene Hackman. Okay, oh, Vinny, got a guess? Gonna say Christopher Walken, Dennis Hopper, close. Fellas. Oh, oh. Ed I, Ho- I got I got goosebumps on that question though. I'm like, I like I like getting to recast that role. By the way, uh, I do. I, we we do that quite often here. Ironically, <laughs> ironically, Dennis Hopper went on to a supporting role in the film that no one saw, Ed TV. Which I saw that in the theater, Kevin. Did you? How bad was that, Jay Black? It wasn't terrible, actually. I think at the time, I, and I, I had a very contrarian point of view at the time. I was the guy that walked out of uh, Last Action Hero a week. You after son of a bitch! Park. I love that. Uh, film. No, no, I no, I I walked out of seeing the whole movie, uh-huh. and I said, "Oh, that was much better than Jurassic Park." Oh, they, like in my head, they were competing. Uh, you know, so uh, I'm a deep impact not an Armageddon guy. So, you know, if if there is a, a poorer choice in any movies that are competing, I usually go with poor choice. Uh, I liked that TV. I think at the time I said Ed TV better than Truman show. I never saw a TV. So uh, I don't feel like wasting an hour and 45. So I'll defer to your, your judgment on this one. Speaking of Ellen DeGeneres, she's in that. Oh, I didn't know we were speaking of Ellen DeGeneres, but okay. Nice. uh, Talking about comedians. Oh, that's right. You are. You're you're correct. You're correct. Uh, Edward Harris, did he walk off set because he could not huff nitrous while barking out camera directions? Yeah, that's and there was no severed ears in the movie. He was like, yeah, I'm out. See? Nice couple blue velvet references there. Right. Okay, folks, here we go. Now, Vinny, you're going to face the firing squad in Ask a Gutter. At Lord Snurts, one of our favorite pals on the uh, fans of the show, he wants mm-hmm. to know, would you rather live in the fake world of the Truman Show or the simulation from The Matrix? <laughs> the simulation of The Matrix, for me, for sure. Wait, Dude, hang on. In this, well, hold on, I gotta, I gotta specify this. Does that mean I'm Truman in The Truman Show? Um, oh, does that mean I'm Kristoff in The Truman Show? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you say I get to live in that world. Am I just an extra or am I Truman? Because that, that'll color my response. That's a vague answer. That's a vague question. I'll allow, uh, I'll allow artist discretion. All right. If I'm Truman, done. I am 100% living in a world that's always sunny and I am the center of it. I already think that. Why not just have it played out for real? One million percent Truman. It's a dumb question. It's an easy answer. 
See, I think the Matrix would be more fun because it's there's no problem. You can do whatever the hell you want in and out. There's no bullshit. And I can dodge bullets or I can have sex with a woman in the you red see, dress. You think you're the well, so in this you're the you're Neo? I Why not? Well, because they, they didn't say that. If I'm a Neo, I can create my own simulation. Right. I'm just thinking that, it, you know, the Matrix is all green and gross when you're inside the Matrix. It's all late 90s. Everybody's wearing a suit and they're just drudging <laughs> along to jobs that don't matter. In the Truman Show, I'm an insurance adjuster, but I could literally do whatever I wanted. And people would be like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. But the music is way better than the Matrix. Right, I In the Matrix. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's I have that soundtrack. It's banging. Yeah, so walking walking around in, in sticky, sweaty matrix uh, and leather. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But by the way, Paul Giamatti's character in this movie is like what I thought I wanted to be. Like that, that in a lot of way, he plays the he plays the director. He's actually yeah. like calling the camera. I actually literally thought like that was that was a job that I wanted, and right. I think that's I was mad. Now I'm mad at him. Act <laughs> Taco Sure Krillin. He wants to know: Have you ever looked in the mirror doing dumb shit? And stop doing it because you remember the scene in the Truman Show where he does it. No, no, but I, you know, what I have done is uh, I spent the entire Truman Show thinking about uh, masturbation. Me too. Yeah. In a mirror, yeah. I did too. Yeah. Because you know he's in the bathroom and we're getting to watch him, and they like at one point the guy from uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine goes, "Oh, they never show you anything. It just it just pans away." And I'm just thinking that my teenage years, they would have never been able to show anything. Right. It would just be like, oh, Jay's home from school. OK, we can't watch. It's right. just eight solid hours of not being able to watch him. Here, here. That is glossed over and it shouldn't be here. Here's <laughs> Kevin. Here's Kevin taking a dump and getting out his jeweler's loop to examine it for giggles. Yeah. And then wiping, <laughs> yeah. wiping and looking at it going, I don't know. Need another one. What? Yeah. Just gross guy shit. Shaving. Your I do teeth. a lot of uh, singing. I do like uh, spontaneous singing when I'm pooping or peeing where it's like, here comes the poop coming out of me. <laughs> you know, like but like loudly and without irony, like it's just I'm making a poop song as I'm pooping. Uh, I, I'm wondering if in this world like that would be like a top 40 hit. You know, because like, he's the center of the world. So everybody's like, "Oh man, I got to get the new poop track." I would do a, dropped. I would do a parody like, poop show. It's the poop show. It's time for me to <laughs> yeah. drop a big old deuce. Yeah, no, I, 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 any of that. Like, I, I, I come up with a bunch of that. But yeah, the, the, the whole. I've never done like the Truman Show thing. But you know, I do figure sometimes I'm I must be being watched by somebody, if not in this world, then in the next. Not in a holy way, but just in sort of a parallel universe, interdimensional TV kind of way. So I mean, I'm guessing they're used to all the gross stuff I do. And maybe it's like when my I see my dog biting its own butthole. Like I don't get grossed out by it. It's just like me that's now. what dogs do. You know yeah. what I mean? So like when they see me, maybe they're just like, Oh, that's just what Jay does. All right. It's not gross. It's just yeah. Like, yeah. You know. I have a moment of self-conscious when I walk around a hotel room and go, wait a minute, they've seen way worse. Me do way worse shit in hotel rooms than me. Cock, cock flapping, pressing against the window on the 59th floor of the Cosmopolitan building like I did last week in Vegas. I mean, yeah. if I were no. to do that. I saw the video. <laughs> Vinny, what about yourself? Did you say you had anything that you uh, cut short because you were no, afraid? No, I said that? nothing about cock flapping in Vegas last week. Oh. What are you talking about? Didn't I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Um, by the way, about about the masturbation, uh, I worked on a show on MTV called Damage Control, and the premise was the parents, quote unquote, go away for the weekend, and the kid is left at home. And then crazy thing happens, like Hulk Hogan's tour bus breaks down. Hulk knocks on the guy's door and invites so crazy. Crazy, silly things. 
but we would have to stop down for 15 to 20 minutes every single time the parents left the house. Hey, I have a, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, because because the masturbation said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> hey, Vinny, since you worked at MTV and worked on a lot of shows, I have a question. Are you the asshole that I have to go beat over the head for uh, Rob Deerdeck's ridiculousness being shown 23 hours out of the day? Yo, that is brilliant that you bring that up. Two Thank things. you. One, no, I cast the other two old guys on the network, Nick Cannon and TJ Lavin, which is like my claim to fame now, and I love that. Two, when, when Rob actually uh, piloted his show, MTV often will take the same idea and to it, do it two ways. So I did Hassan Minaj's uh, pilot, which didn't get picked up. And then Rob's did. And then that took over the network. So didn't it ever. It was like, so I had nothing to do with that. I had nothing to do with, you know, uh, Jersey Shore. My my time at MTV was right after like Laguna Beach and the Osbournes and Punked and and that boom happened. Son of a bitch. I've got two. I got two pilots on my desktop and trying to get across MTV. Uh, hey, I still got I still got the contact so we can move. But this is this is what my fundamental issue with this movie was, was I we'll get there, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> let me go next to ask a gutter. We're having a ball here, though. This oh, more. Is great. All right. More. More is right. Uh, at Zyphos wants to know outstanding. Somebody is taking an axe to the crappy Truman, <laughs> Truman show. Take it down, brother. With the Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan gif. Ah, oh, really? At Brandon Oglesby, Newark Knight, he wants to know, does the Truman Show foreshadow our world's obsession with social media and reality TV, or does another movie do it better? I got to be honest, the last two seconds of the Truman Show is the entire message of the entire, of the whole movie. And it's a, it's a whole commentary on us as, as audience spectators and, and the way we create and break down people. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I do think that, you know, the, the, the brilliance of the, the, the script is that uh, the Truman show is boring as shit. Like this guy way to bury the lead there, Jay. <laughs> well, no, it's they. This guy's life is completely boring. There's nothing that happens in his life, right? So, but that that foreshadows a lot of what social media and everything else has become. In that, like, nobody's very rarely is anybody posting anything of note, right? Everybody posts ordinary, and everybody watches ordinary. And when I first watched the movie, I was like. Nobody would be interested in any of this. No one would care if some guy's wife left them. Who cares? Now, if anybody I followed on Twitter, if their wife left them, like I would be, I'd be, I tell my own wife, like, listen, I can't be with you tonight. I got to see what happens on Twitter with this guy. You know what I mean? So like, I do think it foreshadows our obsession with the mundane and a, a lot of, a lot of other places, I think. And, you know, not that Vinny, like MTV, there was a lot of manufactured drama at that era of MTV, like Laguna Beach. I mean, they had over the shoulder shoulder shots. It wasn't like fly on the wall kind of stuff. It was yeah. manufactured drama. <laughs> I do think that the fly on the wall stuff is, is the stuff that people really care about. And the Truman Show at least figured that out. Yeah, I mean, if you could never live tweeted a breakup, I have, it's fun. But you haven't have lived. You? Yeah, it's fun. It really could is. Can you send me the link? I'll, I'll read it right now. I got, it's years and years ago. I forgot when, but yeah, it was on a train. And it was just going through the shit, and it was golden. It was content. It was at least five years ago. It's probably fucking buried somewhere on Facebook. Uh, okay, last question for you, Vinny. Big, at the Big Nick J, is the Truman Show a comedy or a drama? Or is it, sorry, is it a, is it a comedy, 
of a drama. I don't know if that makes things better or worse. <laughs> Sounds like it's worse. <laughs> worse. I say it's a drama. It's I say it's a drama of a comedy. Let's put it that way. Let's okay. It's a, it's a drama with comedic elements. There yeah. you go. It's, there's some there's some funny stuff in here, but nobody's walking out of the Truman Show going, "Oh man, I it was I I busted my gut." It was a laugh a minute. I fell into the aisle laughing my balls off is something you would never hear from, from this film. No. Uh, that's for sure. Maybe Crawl, that film from 1983 with the razor boomerang, but not. <laughs> oh, yeah, not. that was awesome. <laughs> if you're a seven, it is. If it's you're for 40, it's. Uh, I digress. We're not here to talk about Crawl or Ellen DeGeneres and what a twat she is now. We're how, we're how Ellen DeGeneres had a small part in Crawl. She did. What, wouldn't, cool. that, wouldn't that be great if they sacrificed her at the altar as like a you know child virgin to be whatever? I can't remember crawl at all except for that big ass boomerang. It's yep. time, Jay Black, to unleash Vinny and gut the sacred cow. Well, first off, I you know I'm sad actually when we with that last question about is this a, a comedy of a drama or a drama of comedy? You know the fact the fact of the matter is that this movie needed to get made before the boom of reality TV happened. The fact that Hollywood saw how silly the TV habits of the audience were, and, and if you really pull back the show, this movie is more about the Truman Show audience than the Truman Show itself. Like I think like Jay Black, like you said, there's nothing that happens actually in this movie in the series i think there were interesting things that they said happened in the series that infuriate me as a producer you know yeah. i have to tell you as a as a reality tv producer I, I i can i can impact reality but i've never been a part of a manufactured reality i can i can ask people what they think about dating so and so you mentioned laguna beach um which we had to shoot over cameras because we couldn't put sticks on the ground in the city of laguna beach because of the janet jackson Nipplegate thing that happened so we almost got kicked out of the city really? but they let us yeah they mm -hmm. let us they let us put sticks on the ground and we had to shoot distance the kids had microphones and then they were kids in school so we could only shoot with them a couple of days a week at the end of the week wow. so they would date and everything was great thursday friday saturday sunday then they'd break up monday tuesday that every all the friends would be different anyway I'm, I'm i'm beside myself but this is what this is what america became obsessed with and 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 i was shook when i got you came back and, and rewatched this movie one like Sure, there's a theme. He's a prisoner in this world. He did not have consent to be here. And ultimately, 30 years later, after being in this world, he feels called to leave. Um, there's a lot of themes that we can play around with this. I don't know how deep I get to go in here or if I want to save a little bit for the rebuttal. But mm -hmm. that in and of itself is a violation of humanity. And the fact that everyone tuned in to watch that, y'all, like if y'all if y'all love this movie and you relate to the audience, you're, I think... I think there's something fundamentally like, uh, I don't know, Maron, Ugats. Listen, listen. They fake his dad's uh, death. <laughs> what yeah. is that? No, I was going to say, uh, your Yiddish is perfect. I know, you know, it's, oh. it's <laughs> They fake his dad's death, you know? Yeah. They like, who, like, this is, uh, they, 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 like, as if reality, as if a boy <laughs> figuring out shit on his own, and for some reason, as a 30 year old, he didn't figure out everything because, I didn't know that they wrote that's interesting to think of that they wrote a scene about 
like what you said they wrote that scene about and it getting cut out because i was i'm curious curious about his perception of sex and in his understanding of that just in and of itself and its relation it's obviously what drove him out of the truman show right was his lust for this other character his love and physical well-being for this other character to want to physically be with someone else outside of this world um, but it wasn't something he was taught. In fact, it was a lot that was taken from him. It's a very, very confusing just in terms of um, messaging and misanthropes. If I, if I could just take a, a moment to mention the magazine subplot, um, you know, having lived through uh, the last 10 years of 4chan, um, and, <laughs> I, it just strikes me as like one of those things that it, it was they thought it was romantic and I'm sure on the page, like the, the, everybody was like, Oh yeah, no, this is cool. We won't know why he's getting the magazines and then we'll figure it out. What a great moment that'll be. And all I could think of is like, you know, a dude making like a hair doll out of the girl that he's obsessed with, you know, like it's just like gross waifu pillow kind of shit. So yeah, that, that creeped me out. And, and that was like, I would have liked to delve into that. Like, honestly, if this were my movie, it would stop at that moment with the magazine and then it'd be five hours of interviews with people watching the show going, what the hell is this shit? Uh, but yeah, that, that was a moment that, uh, that uh, took me out of it. <laughs> but now I wish, I wish they would have done those on the flies. I wish they would have had those sort of like OTF moments with, Oh, I guess actually he didn't know. He didn't know the cameras were around. So we didn't have the opportunity to really know what was in his head. We didn't only see what his actions were. Right. All right. Go ahead, Vinny. What else do you got? Uh, and annoyingly, annoyingly, he, you know, it's funny that this is this movie comes out in the point of his career where this is like a, a serious film for him. He's kind of brilliantly cast in this. He's inherently funny. He's inherently quirky. So the character himself doesn't need to be the quote, you know, good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Good evening. It's not funny. But just the fact that you have him saying it, who's slightly quirky and slightly funny, makes it just that much more not funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it was. I think it was because everyone who's seen all of his films now. I mean, I guess obviously Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, and Batman Forever. Ugh, uh, they were looking for a Jim Carrey catchphrase, and I'll be goddamn if that writer said, "You know what? We can't have this audience leave without a Jim Carrey catchphrase." And that, my friends, was it. Oh, and Cable Guy was out that after that, uh, before that, excuse me. So you got catchphrases, and that was the 90s. Catchphrases, catchphrases, catchphrases. And that had to have a catchphrase. And as vanilla and boring as that was, well, shit, kids, there's your catchphrase. That's what people remember. Hey, Vinny, can I ask you a question as a producer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if in the if in in the late '90s, if I was uh, sitting there with uh, the MTV execs, and I was like, I, I want to do a reality show. Here's what I'm going to need. I'm going to need uh, 50,000 uh, acres of land that I dome. Okay. And I'm going to need <laughs> uh, a lighting for all of that. I need lighting so I can make this sun as bright as the sun in this 50,000 acre dome. I'm going to need an ocean in this 50,000 acre dome. Oh, and also a forest on, on one side. Um, and then we're going to need 5,000 cameras. But don't yeah. worry product placement is going to pay for all of it yeah. um would i be escorted out or would i just be pushed through a window <laughs> <laughs> like axel foley and beverly hills cop yeah, yeah. wait yeah. this is like, this is me putting my mtv hat on because i want i'm the guy who wants to make it work this is what i would say to you well if you can book like nine music artists and make it a show we could call it woodstock 
And that's oh, exactly okay. what ended right. up happening. Yeah. Was, right. So like, I mean, if you, <laughs> Hey guys, remember Woodstock 99? What about that? Yeah. Put in a dome. That's yeah. it. Isn't that, isn't that literally what we're talking about here? Which is like, you just literally described Woodstock. Then we could, then, then, then we could put that, we, we could put that rape scene right back in the script then. Yeah. Right, fellas. Yeah. 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 We, we, you wouldn't have to put it back in. It would, just, it would, it it would just write happen. itself. Hell yeah. Imp- improv. <laughs> yeah. But, but, we, by the way, Woodstock 99 was a disaster. Everybody involved yeah. should have been gone to jail. Um, but the, the, no, the dome thing, that's it drives me nuts because I always think about the practicality of something like that because there were builders at some point that were like, what, what are you working on? Oh, I'm building a 50,000 acre dome. Uh, we're going to kidnap a kid. Yeah, put him in to a fake world, and we're going to build one for thirty years. And then after that, I I got a roofing gig. You know, like and <laughs> don't worry, we'll have the Super Bowl take place there once every five years, just to justify the expense yeah, right. and right. a Rolling Stone residency tour of two weeks as well. Again, to help pick up some of the expenses. Um, yeah. how's Coco paying for that? Because when he, she was like, "Oh, this <laughs> oh, yeah. delicious new Coco." What's the advertising to pay that off? It's like eighteen million dollars a mansion. I have to be honest, in 2004, we did a show called Band in a Bubble that Dr. Pepper paid for. And I think it was Cartel. It was going to be Good Charlotte, but I ended up booking Cartel to live in a bubble on Pier 17 here in New York and finish their album. Mm. Um, So it's been but a bubble, you know, but nothing. And what annoyed me most about that smooth dome because it looked, you know, like at the end scene, you kind of see him walking up the steps and it's a, it's a very, very cinematic scene. And and you kind of can start to see the shadows of stairs. So you can start to understand that this smooth surface isn't as perfect, but the whole movie starts with a camera falling in the street. But no, it's a, it's a light. Yeah. A, Yeah, a, a, A light. Yeah. Yeah. They say that they end up, you know, you know, making an excuse for, but I'm like, he, how did you not? How do you not see? Come on, Marlon, you don't see the lights up there. Um, <laughs> I, I love Laura Linney in this. It was cool to go back and watch Laura Linney as like you know a psychotic uh, 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 wife. wife. You know she's she's got like she's got that rolled down. It was disturbing to see. I read uh, in some notes that she she spent a lot of time studying Sears catalogs. I read that too. You know, that, I thought that was interesting. There's a, you know, vo- vo- voguing became like a whole dance because of those Vogue poses. But hmm. Sears, Searsing hasn't, Searsing I hasn't used, happened. I used to study the Sears catalogs twice. Once when they had the Christmas version came out every year <laughs> and the bra and panties version because oh, porn, yeah. porn was hard to come through in the 80s and 90s, right, Jay? Jesus. Oh, absolutely. You had to, if you couldn't find an abandoned penthouse in the yep. woods, you had to wait for the Sears catalog. Bingo. And this is where I'll leave it with my final last kind of annoying thing about that that film is like, yeah, I was I was born in the late 70s. My access to my information was disturbed. I (laughs) did not understand fully what certain words and terms meant until I was much later than I thought I should have been. And I, I felt like they could have had a lot more fun in in creating a world that had its own sort of made up rules and, and kind of like, if I was that producer, I would kind of want to take it someplace other than like mess around with them and suppress him and keep him in the world. And, and then also, also 
they didn't they don't they never interact in the movie i know when they were filming um jim carrey and ed never interacted as a producer like that's my favorite part when i'm when i'm working on housewives of jersey or oh the osborns i'm in the kitchen yo i'm like i'm underneath i'm in there like i'm underneath the like in the kitchens screaming directions and watching my tv so i, I love i loved being in it and and in this movie, now that I go back and I realize like how, how separated, how far away they were. First off, they didn't even have the technology. Remember, he has like the camera and the, and he's, the, the neighbor always has a camera in the garbage uh, can. Right. Yeah. Uh, this movie comes up, by the way, this movie and a lot of it came up in my early years in reality TV in like the late 90s, early 2000s, especially on Punked, when we were looking at new places to put cameras, new ways to sort of execute things. So cinematically, it, it really contributed. But when you look at like what the story is, like when you actually scale back at what this movie is about, it's about how fucked up we are as an audience. It has nothing to do with Truman at all. It's really about how we obsess over stupid things, obsess, make it our life. And then the next day we're like, oh, let's find something else. Okay, all, speaking of obsessing it, on stupid things, can I bring something up, Kevin? Yeah, yeah go ahead. We'll, 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 we'll fab, but hold on, Vinny, before any other closing thoughts. That was it. That was it okay, but, thought, but yeah. before you close, give me a number of your, your opinion, one to 10 yeah. on the Truman Show. I would say five. Not as full of hate as I expected. Yeah, just an yeah, annoying five, like an annoying housewife. five. As a producer like, of Real Housewives, it should be a two and a thrown bottle of Chardonnay. Okay. <laughs> flip, flip the table yeah. and I'm going to go five because five is just such an annoying five is OK. It's so annoying. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not. And, and this movie could have done something. It could have gone in places that it didn't go. Instead, it kind of went in my opinion in, in a place where it was like low-hanging fruit and it felt like it could have said something deeper uh in a more riveting way and it didn't yeah don't forget a handful of hair extensions that's something else too that needs to be <laughs> box is a themed date night box filled with unique items from small businesses around the world take a look and see what they sent me you have a nice candle and it smells like Oasis is the t is a is a flavor of this candle. They also sent look at this guys gourmet gummy bears. I know what you're gonna say microwavable corn on the cob ah ah oh and adult Mad Libs. Now all of these boxes are just a mishmash. They ask you a few questions and they send you the box they think's gonna fit. So that's what Meet Cute Box is. Every box is handmade based on your membership profile. So you and your partner have a new surprise every month. I mean, did any of you guys see microwavable corn on the cob coming? I sure as hell didn't. Memberships start at $29.99 with each box valued up to 100 bucks. And there's even gift boxes available if you wanna send one to a friend. If you're looking for ways to keep date nights fun and exciting, you can try Meet Cute Box risk-free by visiting meetcutebox.com and use the code PODCAST for 10 bucks off your first box. Part of Jay, why don't you take up uh, the, the, second, uh, the second spot here in your notes? So fire away, sir. Well, just a couple of questions. Uh, the, I was fascinated by the Laura Linney character and, uh, well, the best friend as well. But uh, Christoph wanted the first on-air uh, conception of a baby and delivery of a baby, and that was like a huge uh, plot point. Um, what did she get vacation? Like what? Because here's the thing: I recently I produced a movie down in South Carolina, and uh, you know, not to take, not to attack you millennials out there, but I had hired 
a mid 20 something to be a PA and her whole job in the description was drive. You drive people. I need you to go back and forth and drive people. Second day she quits and her, she said, it's too much driving. And I, I <laughs> literally, it was literally the only thing in the job description. Now I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, not that my generation is better, but look at Laura Linney, like just her 100% devotion to that role. Not only does she live in the place that she works, she's having sex with this guy. And at some point, someone talked her into having a baby with him. Does she have a boyfriend? Does she have parents? Like if you're, if your little girl came to you at 19 and said, Hey, I'm going to be on the Truman show as a nurse. And I'm going to just, I'm going to live there and marry Truman. That's my role. It's a 35 year contract. I mean, Scientology is less arduous than this. Right. right. It's, it's, it's very I would be very, very upset if that were anybody in my life taking that role. So I just I just want something. Listen, you've thought out a lot of other stuff, but I need to know what Laura Linney's character is doing when she when she's not there. Does she have an apartment? Does she have a boyfriend? Does she have a dog or is it just her whole life is the Truman Show? And how much money is she getting? Is it enough to throw your whole life away? Or are there people so devoted to being famous that this was worth it for her? I don't know. It just, it, That's a it hell just of a point. Drives me nuts. That's like hazard pay for the fucking, you know, getting pregnant. It's like, well, you have to let him weasel his way between your legs on a semi-monthly basis and right. carry his seed and give a lazy toothy blowjob once every six months that's in the contract you're exactly right what does that dollar amount equate to and does the boyfriend sign off like oh you're gonna let another man put your his dick in you and come and have a kid why am i with you what is it for me what is it's the a, me a method i'm a right. method actress <laughs> i have to do it this way and the best friend too you know like he was he always seemed on standby like in the middle of the night, right. where it's like, hey, yeah. grab the six pack and get moving. Like, does is he like a fireman? Is there a pole where he's like sleeping in his firehouse and then there's an alarm and he just comes down and then he's available to do this? <laughs> I just need that worked out so that I'm not sitting there the whole time going, well, what is their regular life like? Can you what imagine? Can you imagine <laughs> Christoph make it like Ghostbusters? Like, Hello, Ghostbusters. We got one. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, the boys are back in town, starts playing, and he skids to the fire pole. That this is the stuff that you know. I the the greater conceptual stuff. You know, I'm an old sci-fi fan, so I'm I'm cool with like, okay, let's extend the metaphor out. And let's let's talk about real life via this weird concept that and, and we'll talk about that in when it's defending the movie time. But the the nitty gritty on this. Right. Like the pitch. I go back to the pitch where you, somebody had to go like, because listen, it wasn't like they started small. You know, it wasn't like the Truman Show started as like a 13 episode pickup. Right. Like, it, you know, and we'll go 22 if it does well. It started as the first thing we have to do is, is build a dome that's going to take probably about 40 years to build. We're going to need to set up all these lights. We're going to need to set up a bridge. Like, why have a bridge? Why don't you just it, tell Truman you live in a town that has no roads and you live on an island and you it's post-apocalyptic, there's, there's no airplanes, so you can't get off. Like, all this psychological torment that they had to put him through. So all of that made no sense to me. But just the pitch, who, who are you pitching? Is it HBO 4? It's like, oh, we have the West Coast feed. Nobody's watching it. Maybe we should build a dome and put a baby in it and manipulate him for 30 years. I just, Like, all of that needs to be explained to me so that I can just stop. 
I I saw the movie Divergent. You ever see this movie Divergent? Yeah, I heard it. Uh, no, I, I've, I know what it is, but I heard so it, it doesn't look good. In the future. Yeah, it's like 100 years after the apocalypse. And they have these uh, these guns that shoot bullets that aren't bullets, but they feel like bullets. And they have machines that can like read your dreams and all that, which is fine. OK, cool. But you walk. There's still rubble on the ground from the <laughs> nuclear war. Right. So it, it means at some point the people who put together this society was like, OK, number one on the list, bullets that are not bullets, but feel like bullets. Number two on the list, we got to have dream machines and way down at number four hundred fifty five fucking thousand is clean up the rubble from the war. Right. The day to day needs to be taken care of. And I know Hollywood, especially Hollywood in the 90s, doesn't care about that. But I do. And if this were a Netflix series, the first 50 episodes have to be answering those questions for me. Thank you. Wow. And those are your notes. That, well, that's just one of my notes. Oh, boy. We don't have, <laughs> no, we, no. Don't have we don't have time for a diatribe, nothing like that. <laughs> By the way, the sick thing is that if this was reality, then I bet Laura Linney's character in reality would probably be married to Kristoff. That's probably who she goes home to. Wow. That's like, that's some Larry some, Flint stuff. Some weird, uh, I was gonna, yeah. Gonna, yeah. Some, some deep, some weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, he's like Burt Reynolds in Boogie Nights. He's like, yeah. nothing. It doesn't work down Get there. In there. Like, Get in there. Just, just change. Just, just change the magazine. <laughs> just go. Just go. <laughs> just go. Cue the oh, moon. Yeah. Cue the moon. That's <laughs> oh, funny. Jay, what else do you have? Anything else? No, so, I mean, uh, on the negative, that's what I have. Uh, do we do when do we do positive? I forget. The you, 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 you can you can weave in and out, my friend. OK, so on the whole, I tr I tried to watch this with an eye towards hating it, you know, because that's the whole point of the thing. But I could. I liked it. And with the part of the, I liked it, I liked the filmmaking craft. Uh, Peter Weir did a great job. Like I never needed an explanation as to what was happening in Truman's life. There was like 40 minutes a very, very like integrated uh, exposition, like how they did the the just the the acting movements when they did the product placement and you're watching and you go, oh, OK, that's how they make their money is through the product placement. They don't talk about the product placement till that interview with Harry Shearer an hour into the movie. So you right. get the explanation, but you're already primed for it. So like just the the what this world is, is described very well from a very early time. And I, I admire the filmmaking of it. And the, the final statement that Christoph makes is one that I agree with. It's the same thing. You know, I was a hundred percent with uh, Joey pants in the matrix, put me the fuck back in the matrix and let me eat steak. Right. right. So when Christoph is saying, Hey, it's no different out there. Right. It's, it's the same, except in here you're safe. 100% true. At that point, if that were Jay, if they were the Jay Black show, I'd be like, hey, you know what? You're right. And I cartwheel back to safety because I don't want to go out. Into, the real world is not the real world. Nothing not, not is, is, is real. It's all perception. So if Christoph is going to create this reality that is, is bright and sunny and my disposition is such that half a billion people watch me jerk off, then I'm going back to that rather than go out into whatever the real world is and, and live a life that is not protected, but is just as meaningless. So I dug that. I, next, I love the message. Next on NPR's podcast series, Jay Black <sighs> Waxes Poetic. That, well, I mean, that, I like that's the thing is like, it's, it is, it's, a, it's an existential movie. It's what is yeah. the point of life, right? This guy's life is meaningless. They put him in the most meaningless job. Uh, you know, he's an insurance salesman in a sunny seaside town 
and he's he's got a nurse for a wife. He's he sits in the basement unsatisfied. Well, if I had a basement, that's where I'd be sitting unsatisfied. But instead, it's just this office. Right. So it's it. What is the difference between his life and an actual insurance salesman's life right now? Not Except much. This very tenuous idea of real. Right. It's it is the what is the real world? What is the made up world? And a whole bunch of cyberpunk shitheads in 1999 were like, I want to know the real world. There, There is no real world. Eat your steak. Shut up. Go back to the Matrix. So I would I love that sort of message. And I think it's a message that isn't for as explicit as everything else is in the movie. It's it's a message that I think sits with you. For a long time, that that sort of very quiet, caring Christoph speaking as God and saying there is no real world out there. You know, it's it's just stay here with me and I'll protect you. Uh, I think that sits with you. And I think that all of the other problems that I have with the movie sort of melt away when when a message like that can be put out there for regular audience members and not freshman philosophy majors getting high. (laughs) It's, it's, it was nice to watch. It's like a universe in your fingernail. That's right. Dennis Miller did that. That's a Dennis Miller bit from the off white album. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Jay, give me number one to 10. I'll give it a eight. Whoa. I liked it. You really liked it. it. That's yeah. And it was, it was, uh, well, it was shocking to me how little happened, but I was riveted, right? And and that's that's talent, you know. I don't know if I would revisit it with the same, uh, you know, intensity that I revisit other movies that I would give an eight. But the fact that I could sit for an hour and just sort of watch him slowly put together everything that was happening, um, I mean, that's that's good. For, good job, Peter Weir. I forget what else you did, but I, I if you're listening, nice work. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com. And of course, if you want to advertise with us, like Meet Cute Box, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. If you want to say hello as well, more than welcome to. And of course, give us that five-star rating, two or three sentence review on your podcast platform of choice. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Notes. Two minutes in and not an all righty then or a diarrhea scene. Well, fuck this film. 
You can tell this is a reality show in the 90s because other than the black family he says good morning to, not a brown face, gay face, trans face to be seen. Uh, certain people who watch movies or shows with checklists are going to have their head rocket right off their shoulders after watching this film. If, yeah. at, if at any point I go down to my luck, I'll turn tricks in the Port Authority before I become an insurance salesman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jim Carrey, there are a lot of tips here. I thought, I thought, as you would know if you listen to this podcast, I love to yell out, that doesn't happen. Jim Carrey should have known something was up when he runs into a sea of runners that have yellow headphones on with antennas sticking up from them like it's 1982. <laughs> yeah. Dead giveaway. <laughs> They were on their way to uh, for an ET house, right? <laughs> I, I thought it was gonna be, I was gonna make an ET joke. I said that's too obvious. Yeah. Well done, sir. Uh, what was next? Wearing kangaroos with a zipper aside on the Velcro shoes, like we were in the. <laughs> oh, all you Gen Xers out there got a good chuckle of that one. Uh, Truman's buddy was that guy in films for a good seven years, and now has seemed to disappeared. No Emmerich. Yeah, no Emmerich. Yeah, what's he been up to? I'm. I didn't do a follow-up on that. I'm sorry. And I, I, Kevin, I, he, there might be some gay undertone there. Oh. Because he didn't have a girlfriend, right? There was, there was no no talk there. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if he was hired. He was to married to his job, Jay. Which was filling vending machines. That's yeah. a guy that is stunted emotionally because I think he has some feelings towards uh, Truman. Maybe that's a gay metaphor, filling vending machines. I mean, I I don't know how gay sex would work like that. I don't know. Do, do they bring marshmallows? Like, what happens? Is there like a Clark bar? Like, yeah, I don't they, know. <laughs> Clark bar. What is this? Nineteen seventy one. Yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm wondering. I think it's just they, you know, spitball here. That's cool. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shoot you down in a no end. I don't think at my lamest when I suck trying to talk to a woman as a, a younger lad. I've never asked a woman out for pizza because they would instantly dry up the Domino's or Papa John's crust do. Nah, I thought honestly, Kevin. I thought he was pretty, pretty slick there. He was good hitting on that girl, the wife from Californication, because like she was throwing up all sorts of like I can't talk to you, and he was. I mean, either oblivious or super cool. He was like, no, that's cool. No, she was giving the I can't talk to you, wink, wink. She was leading. She was giving the signals. Hey guys, listen. If you think you see a wink, wink, you probably don't. Back out. (laughs) (laughs) It's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. If she has a rape whistle out, then run immediately and know that you're wrong. Right. Uh, Another that doesn't happen. Hey, I'm not a car guy. My former co-host was. I've never seen a station wagon off road onto a beach. This is a first for me. How about you? Yeah. No, uh, I don't think I have. Yeah. Yeah. I think he would be stuck there. Even Unless. Unless. The beach is fake. That would have been the tip off. Like an AstroTurf kind of beach, but we saw sand kick up, my friend. I don't know if it's how fake it was. Yeah. Has he, another thing, how could he, not Truman, not notice everyone hunched over in the street like they're nodding off on heroin? Maybe he thought there was a bad heroin problem in town. <laughs> or maybe he grew up in Seattle where that was the norm. You never know. Yeah, hey, it was the 90s. There was Kate Moss heroin chic, baby. I love the heroin chic. Did Jim Carrey steal that derby, the hat from Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? If so, return it to him post haste. Could have been, yeah. If he was wearing a Detroit Red Wings jersey. <laughs> Gordy Howe jersey. By the way, did you know why he wore a Gordy Howe jersey? Well, because what's his face? John Hughes was from Michigan and wanted to piss the people of Chicago off, hence why he wore a Gordy Howe jersey. Ah, that makes sense. 
If Truman wanted out so badly to get that plane ticket, why not just go on Expedia.com and book your own ticket? Because it was around then back in 1998. Yeah. Truman's wife looks like she gives the toothiest blowjob under protest. And he also should have known better to marry a woman named Meryl. Maybe Truman keeps up with that theme and divorces her for Gertrude in season two. <laughs> Especially because I grew up in Philadelphia. I hear Meryl. I think Meryl Reese, the voice, the radio right. voice of the Eagles, uh, which would be awesome to have him narrating sex. First and 10 and the Eagles 45. Here's the Sean Jackson emotion. <laughs> right. I, grew, I grew up in Central Jersey. Unfortunately, your horrible town's uh, signal bled into our area, and I, I shunned it. I'm a Giants fan. You're, you're welcome. Ugh, berets in the 90s were the worst idea. I never got that Euro douche look for a second. Not for Wait, who wore a beret? I forget. He wore it for a hot second. He had that hat on. Like I just made the joke about Cameron's uh, hat on for a oh, second. Okay. So every time Truman had sex, it was the uh, whitest version of the Ray J sex tape. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's probably, there's got to be like tons of footage. Mm -hmm. Right. Of every sexual experience that they had. And I bet you some like PA stole that. And there is a tape you could buy bootlegs. Pen and Tommy lead it. <laughs> yeah. Where it's just like, hey, look at this vanilla uh, married sex. I have 10 years worth on one two hour tape. Just put hey, that together in your hey, head before you propose. Hey, Joe Francis, let's try this one instead of Girls Gone Wild. Mission <laughs> oh, missionary, was... missionary sex for the last 20 years with fucking uh, Truman, whatever his last name is. Hey, can I, uh, Vinny, can I pitch a, uh, a show where it's just, it runs parallel to the Truman show and it's just Joe Francis selling sex tapes of Truman? Can we make that happen? <laughs> I did that. It was called MTV Spring Break, yeah. 2000 to 2002. I did that. Oh, my God. I would have herpes by night three if I worked on that show. Uh, any, another way he would be getting tipped off that this was a, a fugazi. Yeah. Anytime he goes on the internet, how could you not see stuff like funneled to your Google page that it's a fucking, this is a whole ruse. How would he not know that by just going on the internet? This show may have been a popular reality show in this world, but this shit compels in comparison to real world Las Vegas. My favorite. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that was good. They that was a lot of good fucking, time. a lot of hot chicks. That's my kind of show. Is that the but, one that had the Republican chick? She, uh, she was a Republican. At, she became Republican. Which one was the one with the Republican girl? That might have been season. That might have been San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I was watching the one. Yeah, I'm a Vegas guy. They go, oh, they're fucking in the Palms, the sweets and Palms. And I used to go to the Palms all the time before it became you know, boring. Yeah. So Truman decides to Shawshank Redemption this shit in the third act. The only thing missing is a poster Rita Hayworth shower raping and a gentle voice black friend. Yeah. yeah it could be the guy next door. Very true. Hey, I don't know about you guys. Every time I go on a search party, how about you? Do you immediately grasp arms with your neighbor and march in lockstep? Yeah, that was weird. Very weird. People do. I mean, I've not gone on many search parties except for looking for shit around my house, but I, I, that's usually a solo adventure. They had yeah, that street the covered. Would, yeah, the first thing I would say to everybody is, hey, split up. There's 50,000 acres yeah. in this dome. Yeah. yeah. We don't need to have 15 of us in locked arms like we're in solidarity playing Red Rover, Red Rover. Uh, next one. Do you root for Truman? I'm on the cusp with him. I He's not an, he's not, he's not an endearing sort. He's also not an asshole. He's very you know, take it, take it or leave it kind of guy with me. This felt like more of a collection of events, which obviously ties into reality show. It's a great way for Jim Carrey to showcase his serious acting chops. 
This story did not grab me, nor did any of the characters. I think Kristoff would have been more fun to see, maybe a little insight to see him how he got to be that dictatorial kind of character. Mm -hmm. You saw a little bit when he was trying to keep Jim Carrey from escaping. Go, that's good. Where's more? We should have seen more of that instead of, you know, he stumbles out in his fucking no nightcap and pajamas and shit. And Jim Carrey, when he when he tried to escape, I didn't care if he made it. I didn't care if he didn't make it. It didn't nothing faced with this. I just didn't care. His girlfriend Lauren. You mean, if she cared so much about him, she couldn't get another message out to him? Was she locked up in a prison bunker a, a la James Bond film? Really? And explain to me how every actor can hear Kristoff's directions without earpieces. Yeah, that was. I thought about that too. That is a very good point. Thank you. Are they using the force to communicate? If so, you know what? I, I need to be a part of this. Could yeah, could be. At least the agents in the Matrix had earpieces in and made it more believable. <laughs> a very good point. Thank you. This film is fine. It's just fine. I'll never mm-hmm. watch it again. I'll never own it. If I didn't take notes, I would have forgotten two-thirds of this film by now. Completely forgettable. It's uh, some of the existential stuff, sure, but the characters are so bland and vanilla, I just didn't care. Five and a half out of ten. So what's our average? That's uh, 18 divided by three. So that's a uh, six, six average. About that. Yeah. No one's going to, no, no I, I didn't come to bury this nor sing its praises. So, and it sounds like the rest of us are uh, in lockstep, except for you, Jay, you're, you're, you're a notch higher than this. Comma, sorry. Critics, five star reviews. A black comedy of highest order. The Truman Show may have aged in some, in some ways, but, res, uh, but resonance just keeps getting stronger. Okay. Who's that? I don't know. I don't give credit this, to the reviews. Is this like people online or is this like... Uh, no, no, like no. The, the, these are the critics on the Rotten Tomatoes page. I'm going to pretend everyone is Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. <laughs> Fair. Ahead of its time, The Truman Show remains one of the best scripts ever. Clever and sweet, Peter Weir's execution is near perfect. Oh, and Jim Carrey is fantastic. You know what? Good looking guy. You forget that he was such an attractive dude, Jim Carrey. Because he was so like his face was all contorted for the first like four or five years that you knew him, and he was uh, Fire Marshal Jim. But they did a Bill couple- Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah, whatever. I hated that. <laughs> I we I like got it. that sacred cow. That's a zero out of zero for me. But uh, he was uh, uh, you know very uh, you know twisted. And then in this one, you get a couple of head on shots. Where you're like, hey, yeah, I, that's kissable face. Yeah, I thought he had some like Colin Farrell moments. Yeah, I thought yeah, he had some, like, looking yeah, dude. He had some moves. By the way, you bring up an interesting thing that I've, I haven't thought about, Kevin, is that the whole the whole movie security sucks on this. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Security sucks. Security, they're, they're letting everyone in, and somehow the entire world is watching them. And you, you think he gets? You think he makes it to Fiji? <laughs> yeah. You think mall, he gets out that you, building? You think he mall, makes it past that door? <laughs> mall, mall cops are more efficient than yeah. the security here. <laughs> You try yeah. securing the border of a 50,000 foot dome. Very difficult. <laughs> yeah, right? it's, it's, I mean, square footage wise, there's no way you could. <laughs> the Truman Show finds a near miraculous balance of humor and feeling in the keen intelligence of the script by Andrew Nichol and the prodigal inventiveness of Dead Poets Society director Peter Weir at its very best. Oh, so Dead it, Poets Society. Yeah. Peter Weir's film is so cleverly conceived and brilliantly executed that it almost seems like a fresh thought. And even if it doesn't, it nevertheless forms the basis of a very witty exercise. Word soup. Critics, 
one-star reviews. By trying too hard to be profound about the evils of television, this implausible sci-fi morality tale stretches this theme beyond the breaking point. Yeah, Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. <laughs> Weir keeps things fairly entertaining and is admirably, <laughs> I keep laughing at Peter Travers, and is admirably not afraid to veer more toward drama than comedy, but his film, like the world it portrays, is all surface. I like, I having made a few movies now, it's it's so interesting to me, like, that they, they spent $60 million to make this, right? And there's just a reviewer out there going, yeah, you know, <laughs> man, <laughs> $60 million. And somebody's just writing Peter Travers at Rolling Stone or just like, yeah. Who was the guy who wrote the, it was on MTV for the reviews. What was his Chris, name? Connelly? Chris Connolly. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's he up to? Chris, he's on CBS. You guys hang out? Yeah. Uh, he's LA now. Chris Connolly. Oh, you should go see him. And what out. a sellout Chris piece of shit. No, Chris Connolly. You ever hang out with Kurt Loader? Kurt MTV Kurt news. Loder. You Dave, hear Dave, it. Ho- you know, Dave Holmes speaks up a lot. Dave Holmes, you see, you see Dave a lot in in reviews. He's he's uh, editor in chief, I think, of Esquire. Hey, can I get Martha Quinn's phone number? Yeah, Martha Quinn, buddy, buddy, I'm all in on. I'm still all in on uh, on uh, on Duff. That's uh, that's my gal. And Serena Altschul, Duffy, Duff, Tabitha Serena Altschul is hot. I like that. By the way, like my first hire, hot. Yeah. My first hire on MTV was uh, Suchin Pak, who is in that same category with the MTV news chicks forever. So, so, so yeah. uh, uh, strong, strong women over there at MTV and Kennedy. I got to work a bit with Kennedy. Oh yeah. 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 She was a, uh, she was a ball of fire. Next one. Some of us may go out wishing for something meatier, edgier. No, oh, well, that guy's that, that Peter Travers, man, <laughs> Chris Connolly, boy, he has to, ex- he has to expand his vocabulary and metaphors. Next one, the imitation, the intimations of profundity of reality perceived, mediated and processed are milked for heavy irony rather than large in complexity. Come Someone's on, using their English lit degree. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, by the way, reviewer, by the way, Peter Travers, Rolling Stone, let me explain something to you. (laughs) What audience in 1998 could you spend $60 million on a movie and have it be a complex meditation? This is as complex as you can make it for a general audience. You want people to come see it. Is that you don't want it to be like a freshman, you have to watch movie. Come on. I hate people who try and write like this. I'm going to prove I am quasi intelligent and I'm going yeah. to make it. I'm going to say nothing, which is which just a bunch of large words in there for you. R slash I am very smart. <laughs> Shift F7, right? Shift F7. Yeah. TLDR. Amazon, <laughs> five star reviews. Best movie ever. Bye, bye, bye. It's so good. Please, and for $3. Come on and spend the night in and enjoy yourself. Is this a tagline for a porno or someone's mother texting us to come on over and party? Maybe both. I hope. Okay. Here we go. Netflix and chill. (laughs) There There are a lot of these, so I chose one of them. So bear with me. Police state target individual awareness. The United States is a carbon copy of the East German Stasi secret police, also known as the Truman Show. 
CoinIntelPro Community Gang Stalking Harassment Program, Human Trafficking. Organized stalking is a form of terrorism used against an individual in a malicious attempt to reduce the quality of person's life so they will have a nervous breakdown, become incarcerated, institutionalized, experience constant mental, emotional, or physical pain, become jobless, become homeless, and or commit suicide. Defund the mask police. Police are just the largest gang criminals. They are the root to our everyday problems. Target individuals are the real peacemakers. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Matthew 5.9. They will never be one of us. Signed, Jenny McCarthy. Huh. It is one. It is the shocking part of that is that there was not a turn into a Bitcoin pitch. That's the <laughs> only part that shocks me. Yeah, this, this, there were a lot of these. It's a government watching a movie. Fuck this. So I, again, I chose that one. Next one. U.S. President Harry Truman told Congress, it must be the policy of the United States to support free peoples who are resisting attempted subjugation by armed minorities or by outside pressures. In this modern rendition of a micro-communist society, the protagonist receives no support. With the correct attitude in place, there is a lot to learn from The Truman Show. Signed, Little Nas X. Hey, Little Nas X, <laughs> let me explain something to you. Uh, it, it, <coughs> communism, are you okay, Kevin? Kevin? Good to go. Are you alive, Kevin? That's Peter Travers poisoning me from the uh, beyond his reach. <laughs> but it, it it can't be communist. The whole point of this is it's capitalist. The, uh, how many how many communist utopias do you know of that have uh, cocoa pl- product placement in them? Right. Uh, I mean, come on. Last one of this section. My boyfriend can't sit through movies, but has a soft spot for this one. We enjoyed watching it. Probably because your boyfriend can't sit through it. It's because when most dudes here watch a movie, that's code for let's fuck. Yeah, or she's dating a golden retriever. (laughs) Sustained. Amazon (laughs) one-star reviews. Let's hear it. This movie is all about how humans are constantly being monitored by the hilarious-looking she-he's and he-she's. It is strange waking to the fact you're surrounded by, you are surrounded by masculine women and feminine men. Like this movie, (laughs) this world really sucks. Signed, RuPaul. Wow, I would have gone Andrew Tate. That sounds like an Andrew Tate take. I'm not familiar with his work. Uh, we'll have to talk Andrew about. Tate, you don't know him? He's I don't. Like a, he's one of those alpha dudes. He's no. a dude that's constantly telling you how alpha he is, which is okay. the least alpha thing you could possibly do. Right. But yeah, all these guys, the feminized dudes, so feminized, man. If I were in the Truman Show, I'd be the alpha of the Truman Show. <laughs> sounds like he needs a Roman soldier helmet. That's right. I would, you know what I do? I would use, I would just do sit-ups and yeah. I would fight my way out. And I have a dick and I have the dick on my nose while I'm doing the sit-ups. That's masculine. Yeah. The entire premise is creepy and quite frankly horrible. There is no resolution to this film. He gets out, but then what? Those in charge essentially kidnapped, imprisoned, and brainwashed him while making a fortune doing so. The entire world enjoyed watching it. I spent the entire movie just hoping to see him escape and what would happen there, what would happen then, excuse me. But instead, it just ends with him walking out a strange black door. Everything up to that point wasn't worth the trouble. It was just strange and almost infuriating to watch. I won't watch it again. I won't recommend it to anyone. Peter Travers, for all <laughs> A magnificent, that's a real, that's a winner you have there. A magnificent cinematographical production, great acting, funny, but not very satisfying. Perhaps this is because after all the effort that went into the film, my expectation was high. IMDb rates this 8.8, which is ultra high. I did not feel intellectually, emotionally, or spiritually satisfied from watching this movie. The film is about Hollywood's contempt 
For the general public, perhaps that is what turned me off. Wow, that guy expressed a lot out of a movie. Last and also, it's like sounds like perfect inspiration for like I don't know. Let's create a whole genre of reality TV after this right. movie. Right, right. <laughs> sounds to me like he was like I went into this movies with herpes and I came out. I still had herpes. Yeah, zero stars. Yeah, it's this like movie. It. This movie didn't give me the Valtrex I needed. You cheap sons of bitches. <laughs> Watching this movie may cause dysmorphia, it may cause anxiety, it may cause depression. We're like, that sounds great. Hey, let's do it. In fact, let's put it in front of the kids of America on MTV and see what happens. Last (laughs) last one. If you go to Arizona State, you'll have to watch this for Pup 200. I I wouldn't recommend it unless it was required. Hey, if you go to Arizona State... You should be too busy fucking each other's hot people instead of writing Amazon reviews in this humble yeah. podcast's opinion. 100% that that was not written by someone who went to Arizona State because it used words. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the, the grammar and syntax were all in place. Yeah. Hey, Jay Black, did Vinny Positivo gut the sacred cow? Uh, so I forget, what is what is, what, what am I judging here? Was his, were her, the, his the, reasons the, good? Yeah, does this argument persuade you or no. make you change your score? Whoa! I will say, Vinny, it was good argument. It was just I, I, my, I was in my own head, and uh, it did not persuade me. But you did good work, so you know <laughs> I, I would be. I would don't want to burn the bridge. <laughs> he needs a pitch conduit. That's why, <laughs> Vinny. I have a reality show about a guy. No, I'm only joking. Yeah, right. No, so, uh, no, I still like the movie. I your points are are you know one of the things I loved about your points is that they were uh, uh, from a knowledgeable point of view, and it was very interesting to hear how someone who does this for a living uh, or you know uh, 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 views something like this. But I just I I left the movie with too much of a uh, like a feeling of confrontation to the way we look at the world. And that doesn't happen often, especially with popular entertainment. And I know a lot of people didn't like that or didn't feel like there was enough of it, but it was enough for me. So I still like the movie. I like your argument, Vinny. Uh, but the but Jay says no to gutting the sacred cow, but that's okay. I sure enjoyed hanging out and talking with you. You make some great points as well. Uh, Vinny, why don't you tell everybody what you're up to, where we can find you, all the socials, all the good stuff that you want to shout out and promote. Yo, I appreciate that. I I hang out on LinkedIn, to be really honest. <laughs> the uh, whitest, the whitest, most Gen X thing we could say in this podcast. It's like He's got an album dropping on LinkedIn later on. Uh, coming out hot. I got, you check out my live shows. No, I like I like what goes on on LinkedIn mostly because I've worked with a lot of the people I stay in touch with, and I like to do things. So, if you've got a pitch, if you've got an idea, I, I'm quick to make connections, and uh, I'm not a I'm not a production company. I'm not looking to be the producer of your show. But if I think there's something that could be there that I think could help at a platform, I'm happy to make the connection. Um, and I get really passionate more so about helping people who have who have an innate talent and are using that to do something greater in this world. Um, whatever that means to you. And then I'm on social media. I'm on everything as as myself, Vinny Padestivo. It's a long name. So look up the podcast notes, figure out how to spell my name. And, and I appreciate you for listening this long. You, you will, we'll have them in the notes. Jay Black, buddy. It's good seeing you again since you did American Beauty about a year ago. Why don't you tell yeah, the folks? Yeah, that was fun. We had a blast. Uh, tell everybody what you're up to, where we can find you a lot of good stuff. All right, listen, if, you, if you've if you sat through me for the last hour and you still want to find me, uh, you know, what's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> but if you do, uh, I'm basically just on Twitter. Jay Black is funny on Twitter. I write and produce 
uh, Lifetime movies, but you, you probably don't want to watch those. So just follow me on Twitter. It's Jay Black is funny on Twitter, and uh, I'm pretty funny on there. I'm, I'm a good follow. Not like I was on here. Man, th- thanks for saving yourself, you piece of shit. No. Uh, yeah. Listen, go on Cameo and request that Jay Black does a Meryl Reese impression for you. And that may help uh, put his kids through college. You never know. You know what I'll do? I'll draw a spaceman helmet and I'll go. <laughs> and then I'll angrily masturbate. That's. Oh, is there any other way then to? Yeah. Wait, that spend your five dollars on cameo the right way. Watch me do a spaceman soap impression and then angrily masturbate. Come on, guys. While singing, whoop, there it is. KevinGoatee.com for dates and shenanigans. But more importantly, thanks for hanging out with us every single week. Gutting the sacred cow at GTSC podcast on Twitter. Follow us on all the socials. Just like and subscribe us to, to, to on YouTube and turn off notifications. I don't give a shit. We just need the more followers. We appreciate that. And again, thank you so much to our sponsor, and that, of course, being Meat Cute Box. That was awesome, you guys. We appreciate it. Guttingthesacredcow.com and Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber. It's fantasy football season, obviously. Give that a listen. We're in the joke community room in the metaverse. Follow us there. And that's it. Listen, Jay, Vinny, thanks again for hanging out with me this week. I appreciate you guys at your time, and uh, we will see you all next week. Take care. Later. Goodbye. Later.